0: What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl, and I'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode. I have had an amazing month of December so far. I have been able to have some amazing interviews with some pretty, pretty cool people. And I am fortunate enough to be joined yet again today by someone who is amazing, uh and will also be joining me for an interview but before we get to that as always guys if you want to become a patron of the black expat podcast to support what i'm trying to do moving forward click the link in the description or if you're on podbean already click become a patron also i've published a new article on media make sure you guys go and check that out and my new youtube channel which has gotten a lot of great reviews so far shout out to y'all and a few bad ones but whatever we're going to keep moving forward but yes today i am fortunate enough to be joined by someone who has been in taiwan uh, I'm not sure how long exactly, but I know she's been here during the pandemic, but is originally uh, from America. But we'll get more into her story once she is ready to call in and talk to us about her many experiences being here so far. We're going to dive into things like identity, the nightlife here in Taiwan, which is something that many people have asked me about uh, in my younger days. Uh, I used to be out in these streets, if you wouldn't want to call it that, in Taipei, pretty much Tuesday through Sunday. But now I move down to Taichung. It's a much slower pace and not nearly as active as you would see in Taipei. But my guest today is in those Taipei streets um, doing very, very great positive things, networking, et cetera, et cetera. But she will definitely jump into that as always. And as you guys know, I am truly big on mental health, mental health awareness, things of that nature. So we'll definitely touch on some aspects of that and during our podcast as well. If you didn't get a chance to check out my previous podcast called Keep Up, it was deep. Now, I'm not going to lie. The script that we wrote to talk about it, not necessarily a script, but more like a guideline. Um, we touched on a few of those, but we got into some really great topics, right? And it's always good talking to someone else that's in podcasting as well. They understand, you know, just, you know, the 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 ins and outs of the process, the hard it is to book people, how hard it is for people to be reliable, to be booked, things like that. There's a lot of things that, you know, podcasters and that comes with podcasting that's difficult, which is why it's so hard to be consistent with it. Um, that was my goal for this year. What you know, you guys know me from all the previous episodes. If it's one thing I am, it is consistent. And this year I wanted to make sure that I was pumping out minimum four episodes per month, but enough about me i'm definitely ready to jump into this interview and please everyone join me in welcoming christina to the podcast so hi christina how are you
1: i'm
0: doing well how are you doing this evening and so on
1: had a little internet connection difficulty but got on
0: oh that's great well i'm glad you're able to join us here tonight so i just want to jump right into the interview if you don't mind telling us a little bit about yourself, your interests, your background and things like that.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'm Christina Roe or Myro, um, as you call me. <laughs> and I'm Taiwanese American. So I'm from California, uh, San Francisco, basically born and raised Bay Area, um, which is like a big chunk of people here. And obviously my interest is anything tech. I think that now a lot of people have been coming back from SF to Taiwan. I'm sure you've seen, there's like a SF Exodus going on. And I think we're really excited to have this community here in Taiwan and have like a little small tech hub here. So that's a little bit about me.
0: Thank you. I do want to take a step back though. Do you have a drink with you currently?
1: I do, but I have to go get it. I just got some Cavalon just for you.
0: Cavalon. Now, can you tell everybody what Cavalon is? Because I didn't learn about it until I got here as well.
1: Whiskey. So I think Taiwan actually has pretty good whiskey. Um, I'm a huge whiskey drinker. Girly. I don't really like fruity drinks. I think we drank, didn't you and I drink some Hennessy sometime before?
0: We did for my, that wasn't my birthday. <laughs> I was doing a podcast and I was, I had a space. I rented out in Taipei and then Christina showed up. We are supposed to podcast that day, but that didn't end up happening because. Hennessy. Uh, yeah. Because of the fantasy, that was absolutely correct. <laughs> but <it did. laughs> but I'm actually glad it didn't happen because I feel like your time in Taiwan uh, has shifted a little bit and your experiences have changed since that time. Right? Was yeah. uh, when I met you? I think that was in during the summertime. Had you just arrived back in Taiwan from San Francisco? Like when did you actually get here from San Francisco?
1: Um, I got here December, so I spent New Year's last year here. Um, Man. I was doing a master's program, so. There were a lot of uh, Taiwanese students, European students, and we were super excited to be here. Um, We were at Fuda University. It's a new Taipei city. Um, So we all got back, I would say, December 20-something. So Mm -hmm. we spent New Year's here, saw the fireworks, amazing. And and I can't believe it's almost coming up again. So it's a year. Yeah, so it's the longest I've been here now, a whole year.
0: Do you have any plans for the New Year's this year? And like, what what did you do last year for New Year's in Taiwan?
1: Oh, we got pretty lit. Uh,
0: <laughs> we went
1: to, <laughs> we went to C'est La Vie. So we got this huge table, and we saw the fireworks from Se La Vie, which is a restaurant bar here in Taipei, and it overlooks the One Hundred and One. So um, yeah, it was really fun, but. We were, we were just basically squished like sardines there. It was so packed.
0: How would you describe New Year's, celebrating New Year's in Taiwan versus San Francisco? Which would you prefer? And like, what are the differences between the two?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. New Year's, Taipei, for sure. Um, even without me being here, I've come back for the last five New Year's here. So mm-hmm. I was in San Francisco and I come back every New Year. Just because, first of all, I mean, everything's a lot cheaper, first of all. Uh, but just just the fireworks view, like I'm sure you've seen it. Um, I'm sure if you know whoever's listening in Taipei, they've seen it. Uh, the fireworks that's going um, around Taipei 101 is just really beautiful. I never get sick of it. Um, one year I did hang out like with the masses down. Uh, what's it called? Just like in the general area, and I do remember. Mm-hmm there was just, that was a little bit, that was a little much. <laughs> like there was yeah. just too many people. I don't think I saw anything. You're just like packed, like, you know, side by side. Um, But yeah, no, it's really fun. I think a lot of people come back for New Year's.
0: So how often do you come back to visit Taiwan? Because you say you're Taiwanese, you're Taiwanese American, right? And what exactly does that mean? And then being Taiwanese American, how often do you try to come back to Taiwan and visit um, here as well?
1: Yeah, so I come back every year, every single year since I was probably ten or so, minus a couple years when I was being a rebellious teenager. <laughs> um, so I think being Taiwanese American just means that when you come back to Taiwan, there's already a community here for you that you know, you know, like your friends are here. Um, it's not just you know you're coming here and you don't know anybody. And you got family here and everything. So it's a little bit different, I think, than you know, having somebody who's not Taiwanese come back and visit Taiwan.
0: So growing up in America, because you, you were you were born and raised in San Francisco, correct? And growing up in America, um, what was it like for you, um, knowing that you were coming back to Taiwan every year? Was there a preface that, that was there a preference that you would have at some point in your life where you're like, you know what, I'd much rather be in America? Or you know what, during this time I'd much rather be in Taiwan? Like how was it how was it for you to to balance being between two cultures and having those experiences year in and year out.
1: Yeah. So I used to hate coming back here. Um, I literally absolutely hated it. I think I might've told you this a little bit, but, um, basically when I came back here, it was for family. But every time I came back, because I'm really dark, I'm a really dark Taiwanese American. So every time I came here, this was like years ago, by the way, so I would be like walking with my grandma who's, who just came out right now. Hi, <laughs> i would be, be walking with my grandma and people would just comment on, you know, how dark I am. And like, they didn't know I spoke Chinese, so they would call me these names and it was really weird. And I remember just like having really low confidence every time I came back here and I was really sensitive to that um but then as the years you know just grew i just got more confident in myself and 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 now i come back and i really don't care like if you want to comment on how dark my skin is whatever i just say hey i think it's i think it's beautiful you know like sorry (laughs) you can't get a tan (laughs) Uh, um, but yeah no i think that it's changed a lot so it's it's gone from a place where i feel insecure and not wanting to come to a place where Now I'm here and I'm more confident in myself. So I feel like um, I can make more friends and just kind of see past people who say these little things here and there. Because you know, you've been here for a while. So you know that Taiwanese and Asian people in general love to comment on looks, right? Like (laughs) that wouldn't happen in America. Like um, if I see my aunt, she's like, oh, wow, you gained so much weight this summer. Like. it's okay to stay in chinese but then you go to america you say that it's like no <laughs> that's not okay
0: <laughs> so like when you were growing up was there like a, a balance between the languages you would learn was it heavy on the english or was it more of a mix between english and chinese and the languages that that you would speak back at home
1: yeah so i'm I'm master at chinglish um my mom, <laughs> my mom and i are just chinglishing it all day um so i think that I've never gone to Chinese school, um, so I don't know how to, it's so sad, but I don't know how to read or write only a Hmm. few words. You probably know how to read and write more than me. Um, so (laughs) I actually should probably go to Chinese class soon, but anyways, um, for speaking wise, I would say my, um, intonations I think are okay for an American born Taiwanese person, but there's just a lot of vocabulary that I don't know as much but we really toggled between the two. Um, and when I was growing up, um, every summer I'd speak Chinese cause I'd be here. So Mandarin Chinese. And then obviously when I'm at home, I would speak English, but then with like a little bit of Chinese, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I felt like it was a good balance though. I never felt like, you know, I think some of my friends come back for the summer and they don't know how to communicate with their grandparents and their family. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think my mom did a good job of like giving me that happy medium. So when I came back, like my grandma and I can still communicate and she's awesome. Like her and I actually talked like just we just talk like homies. So it's very <laughs> it's very different, I think, than most people.
0: So then when you were growing up, because you came back to Taiwan to go to grad school, correct?
1: Yeah, this year. So this year um, in December, we moved from Barcelona to Taipei. Barcelona. To attend, uh, yeah it's it's like a crazy joint program so okay you we yeah we went from barcelona to taipei and then we're supposed to go back to san francisco um so we all came back around december um, with a lot of us europeans taiwanese americans etc and we were supposed to finish the semester in march and go to san francisco but obviously coronavirus happened So, I mean, for me, why would I go back basically, you know, it's just, yeah, I feel really bad for saying that, but I mean, it's a cesspool right now of disease backward at least where I'm from, California, they're on lockdown again. So, you know,
0: Wow. Okay. So then you ended up having to stay here long term. Like, was that a hard decision for you to make between choosing going back home and possibly being with your family there and staying in Taiwan? Or was it something that your family kind of said, you know what, it's dangerous to go back? Because I remember in March, it wasn't as bad in America as it is now. So was that kind of an easy decision to make or something that you kind of mowed over for a while? And you were like, you know what, I'm just going to ride it out here because it's clearly safer here. I have a better Mm -hmm. chance of having a a normal lifestyle if I stayed in Taiwan.
1: No, it was super easy. Um, I was like, no, I'm staying for sure. Actually, I think in March, April, they were already having lockdowns. So it wasn't like as bad as it is now, but they were already lockdowning because I remember we were doing Zoom parties <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that. Um, so yeah, no, it was a really easy decision. And my mom just got back last month. So she went through quarantine and now my whole immediate family is back. So there's really nothing that I need to go back for, you know?
0: Right. Cause your family's here. Mm-hmm. So like, so like your, your best friends back in San Francisco, are they still there? Like, do you have like a cat that you guys kind of just left behind? Like is your home there? So like, or is you guys just moved picked up and moved everything from San Francisco out here to Taiwan?
1: Yeah. Our homes are still there. Um, I think that's the main concern right now why I would want to go back. And honestly, it's definitely the friends. I miss my friends a lot. But uh, a lot, most of them actually left San Francisco, so okay. we call it this a San Francisco exodus um, because <laughs> everybody's left. So I would say only two or three of my good friends are still there. People have either gone to LA or a lot of them are coming back here, which is really, really surprising. So there are people who are not Taiwanese that are coming back here for the first time, just because they hear Taiwan's the place to be right now. So I think that's a really crazy topic. Um, it's really interesting to me that people are coming here now, and and Taiwan's getting so widely known nationally in America too.
0: So how has that adjustment been for you? Because if you came to Taiwan, I know when you first came to Taiwan in December, you kind of had a deadline, right? It was, you know what, coming from Barcelona, now I'm in Taiwan, but I'm leaving in March. Then you end up having to stay here for quite some time. So how has that adjustment been like for you in regards to the social life and finding community here and adjusting to, you know, the lifestyle that you had in Barcelona and San Francisco to then having to create one here in Taiwan?
1: Yeah. um, So funny. I keep talking about this like every every day this week, but it's been I thought it was easy. And then something hit me this week and it's just become a little bit hard Um, because at first, you know, when we have to we realize that we are going to be staying here long term. You don't think it's long term, like around March, April, I Mm -hmm. thought, hey, I'm probably going to go back by January. Right. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and then now it's December and what the heck, like everything's so bad in California. They're on lockdown again. And the vaccine might be starting, but it's not going to be, I think, for another at least what, six months, seven months, right? Right. Um. So I have to stay, I'm staying here long-term at least till 2021. And once that really like settled in, it's kind of when fear settled in. It's kind of like, oh, okay, now I actually have to make Real friends, right?
0: right.
1: Like, I, yeah, like I'm not saying the friends I made here aren't real. It's just like okay, now it's like these are real solidified relationships. Um, I need to, you know, prepare for my life here. Whereas I really think before I was kind of like one foot in, one foot out. You know, mm-hmm. um, think thinking like okay, if I, I don't know if I piss somebody off, whatever, I'm gonna go home. You know, yeah. <laughs> but. Now it's like, okay, if I piss you off, I'm going to see you again next weekend. So, <laughs> so I think that's kind of like the adjustment I've been going through lately. Um, but yeah.
0: So I know, I mean... Because, again, I'm not this is something I can't really relate to, but I know um, my experience of being in Taiwan for the past nine years. It was like every summer or most summers when I would hang out in Taiwan, th- there was a there was always an influx of ABCs of, you know, American born Chinese people who would be in Taiwan for like the pool parties and the summertime vibes, because that's when, you know, in America, college is, is over with. And then people have more vacation time and they'll come back to see family. So like the vibe was always different in spaces that, you know, that I would use frequent because there were just more people who weren't necessary who were taiwanese but weren't living you know like where abcs who live in different places so how has it been for you to kind of like you said kind of what you touched on already like being here as a visitor versus being here now as i'm a resident i'm going to be here for quite some time now like how 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 have you dealt with having to adjust who you identify as as a person and how you socialize because taiwan socializing taiwan is very different in san francisco i can imagine
1: yeah, I think, I, I think about this a lot, I think, because um, I think that, for example, even for you or for even a local, um, I don't know if they feel this way, but I would feel kind of like annoyed that every summer there's so many of these people coming back and they're just playing and then they leave. Um, mm. But I mean, I guess that's just the the scene here. For me, I'm not annoyed, but it, it's, it gets a little like much because every week there's new people coming, you know? And and every week in terms of just like the social scene, I guess you can say you might want to like calm down. But then every week somebody comes, they're like, hey, show me around. So you kind of almost feel like obligated to, mm-hmm. you know, keep going out and keep kind of like um, showing new people around. But that's never going to stop, you know. So <laughs> I feel like it's kind of just like up to you or whoever just to be like, hey, um, you know, you don't need to show everybody around. I know that kind of sounds like, obvious but I think for somebody like me who I'm really like a people pleaser I want to be able to show people um the scene here especially if they haven't been to Taiwan um but I think that it can get a little draining sometimes I've talked to a lot of my friends here and um they they say they think the same way it's kind of just like it's like constant go 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 sometimes here Um, but I mean I'm not complaining I think that we have it really good here you know but in, in terms of identity, I think that I have really had to adjust it because now, like I said, I've had to make real friends and I have had to show them who I really am versus before I was kind of hanging out with people that, um, that I think, I don't think I was really being myself before, you know?
0: Mm. Yeah. So like, do you feel that, that, that you seamlessly transitioned into the taiwan social scene coming from san francisco here because i know when you come back in december it's new year's and it's very very easy to find something to do but me being here for a very long time like yeah new year's is popping chinese new year's is popping then it's like the march april may june kind of deadline of kind of something's going on but not really but for you personally was it easy do you feel like you seamlessly transitioned into having a social life here and do you feel like you can be your full self being in the Taiwan the Taiwan and Taipei social life here
1: yeah so I at, at first no definitely not um at first I was also kind of just like tugging and pulling if I really wanted to be in the social scene because like, I kind of wanted to be away from it so I can focus on like there's myself and then my career etc so then at first I was just hanging out with like a few people that were a little bit older and more professional um so like uh, I think with them, it's not like I, I'm not able to be myself, but I'm not gonna, you know, maybe go crazy with like, uh, you know, my 45 year old friends as much as like my 20 and 30 year old friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, that was what I was doing for a lot of my time here, and only in the recent three months, um, last three months, did I really feel like okay, I'm going to settle down here. So what's interesting is um, I actually met. One person um, who I became really good friends with right away, and through him, we kind of created our own group of people because I didn't I didn't find a group of friends here that I felt like were my type of people back home. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm not saying anything bad about anybody at all. And obviously, I would have hung out with you, but you're so far. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I met one guy that I feel like we got really close and from him I kind of merged like people that I met and the people he met and we actually formed like a little circle of friends now that we hang out all the time so we just had kind of like a friendsgiving we're going to have like a group dinner just just things like that that I really really appreciate and it makes me feel like Taiwan's more a home you know
0: yeah I can see that
1: hmm
0: so then what is the difference between how you would hang out in San Francisco and the things that you would do there versus what you, versus your experiences you've been having here in Taiwan and the things you've been doing for entertainment and for fun here in Taiwan?
1: Um, Just like on a regular, not like during COVID, obviously. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just like on a regular.
1: I think that here is, a, you know, I didn't think here was crazier, but here's a lot crazier. There's just so many like every day, there's a networking event, there's a marketing event, and then on the weekend, it's just birthdays, birthdays. Like, I don't know why there's so many birthdays. <laughs> like, <a> birthday. <laughs> I, actually, I just feel like everybody's getting born all the time. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I think that it's actually a little bit similar to San Francisco uh, specifically because San Francisco is a huge tech hub, so there's always events. Um, but I honestly think uh, Taiwan is like San Francisco on crack. <laughs> well hey
0: my, my birthday is coming up january 12th so oh, i knew so, it another
1: so, birthday
0: um, just letting you know to, to get prepared I, I have a birthday week where i celebrate my birthday for an entire week so um make sure you're there for every event because it's mandatory for all people that i consider my friends and you're one of them so just make sure you're ready i'll be in taipei so it'll be oh, no awesome. excuse for you not ready. to attend and you
1: would you would celebrate a whole week
0: i would and <laughs> a full week and it's gonna be a lot of drinking involved because i'm i'm trying to I'm trying to up my last year's birthday at my bar. But anyway, enough about me getting more into you. So um, I, I know we talked about this off air. I want to make sure I bring this up on air, too. So I know like uh, the culture here and and you mentioned being uh, you you were you were trying to navigate ways to not just fully be immersed in the ABC culture out here in Taiwan. So what are some ways in which you you navigate into that culture? And what are some ways you navigate out of that culture to kind of give yourself that, that healthy balance that you kind of had in, in San Francisco as well?
1: um what do you mean do you mean abc culture like people just back here from america yes um well i i don't know if i really assimilate with abc's like specifically because there are kind of different groups here in taipei and and like i said i really made my own because uh, for example i felt like a lot of groups i was hanging out with there wasn't a lot of diversity it was just all we're all asian i mean obviously we're in taiwan but like (laughs) <laughs> there's like no diversity. And I, I I feel like my group now, um, yeah, there's a lot of uh Asians, but like we're not all Taiwanese. There's Cantonese, there's Vietnamese, um, there's black people, there's uh Nicaraguan, white, Polish, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. oh, I feel like that's the type of diversity that I like to be around, especially even in San Francisco. And I'm actually um so I think that's how I kind of navigate out, I guess, of the traditional ABC, you know, um, World, but also what helps is just sometimes you know, I have my family here, so I don't always have to be around people like you know, my friends or whatever. I can sometimes just hang out with my family, and um, that's really nice too. All
0: right, I'm gonna ask you some tough questions. So, are you ready? I'm gonna ask you about five tough questions in a row. Hope you are
1: okay. <laughs> you're
0: on board. So, for my first question, is um, you mentioned earlier about uh, how you will come back from America and you come to Taiwan, and your aunt will kind of highlight the darkness of your skin. Um, when you are met with that question whether it's from family friends or people you don't even know um how do you respond to that like like what is your first response to hearing someone say oh your skin is really dark or oh man you look you know like 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 how do you as a, i mean as a black person i would respond but how do you respond to that how does that make you feel
1: well now i say so <laughs> <laughs> i literally go so like i this actually just happened the other day i was getting breakfast at the breakfast store and. And the girl was like, which means like, why the fuck are you so black or dark? And I'm just like, so? So, come on. so that means like, what's the problem? And she just like, shut up. <laughs> it was so funny. But um, what's the funniest thing is a few years ago, this happened at the same place. This this uh, the same girl, well, maybe not the same woman, but it was the same place. They said the same thing and it's because i just came back from cambodia so i was really dark at the time my skin was really tanned um and she said the same thing and i during that time i remember actually getting a little like upset not because i was dark just because like why, why is this person commenting on me and and now um yeah so i think that the, the difference is pretty drastic in how i respond now versus before like now i don't feel there's no shame in it you know at all and i, I don't want to say it and make myself look bad but i'm going to admit it that in the past I felt a little bit like, Oh, is it like, is it bad to be tan? You know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So it's changed. My, my, uh, responses to this has really changed.
0: And where, and where do you think, like in your opinion, cause I have my own opinion, but I'm also not Taiwanese. So I can't really speak from, you know, uh, that perspective. I'm not have I wasn't raised around a, b- a Taiwanese people as well, but where does this idea of like them being, feeling that they are, okay, that it is okay to comment on your dark skin, but is dark skin still to this day, in your opinion perceived as being bad in Asian culture if you are Asian? Like not if you're black because obviously okay. we we have darker skin, but like is it perceived as a bad thing? or are this are they just basically saying, "Oh, you're so dark. You should probably not be so dark or they saying, man, you're so dark. That's interesting. Like like what is that vibe when they actually say those things to you in your opinion? Where is it actually coming from? Like what is the meaning behind it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think colorism is still really huge and prevalent in Asia, for sure. So not just Taiwan, but even worse than probably China. Uh, maybe not as bad in like Vietnam, because, you know, Southeast countries are a little bit people are just generally darker, but lighter is still perceived as more beautiful. And I think this stems back just to uh, there, There's just a lot of cultural, you know, um, aspects that this stems back to, for example, in the olden days, If you're lighter it means you have more money because you're staying indoors if you're darker it means you're a worker because you're in the farm you know so you're getting darker from the sun so i think that has something to do with it um also i I know you know this but the like skin bleaching and skin lightening creams and stuff like that um that market is huge in asia you know yeah it's, it's crazy so it's definitely still a thing where it's frowned down upon however I will say, I noticed this year specifically, people don't care as much and they actually embrace being darker more here. Um, I've definitely noticed this more this year. So I'm really excited and really happy for this shift. I don't know if you've noticed it cuz you've been here for like 9 years,
0: right? So uh, so are you saying cuz you know I want to I want to speak to my audience. Are you saying people are more down with the brown here or yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> is it more of a thing where like everything that's going on in the world, people are being more aware of uh you know, cuz again we have the Black Lives Matter rally here that you, you know that you were not black well, Black Lives Matter but also the police about the uh, Black lives and solidarity, the solidarity, peace and solidarity rally. Jesus, that was yeah. a mouthful. Uh, that happened, that happened out here, and things like that. That again, in Taiwan is a small place. It's twenty five million people. So if something happens in Taipei, it's big. It's everywhere. So uh-huh. you think, it, you think as a result of these events, people are more open minded to the differences in color, or is it something that you think gradually has to be has something that people have kind of become more lax on, like you know what? Yeah, it is kind of stupid to want to be white because I'm naturally not this color. Why should uh-huh. I try to make myself that color?
1: It's a little of both. I'm pretty sure they're more down with the brown now too. <laughs> I'm sure you know that. But um, I think the latter too, people are just a little bit more open here. People have generally been open in Taiwan. I think that's why um, a lot of uh, foreigners like to travel here because we're a little bit more liberal, right? Like we are more accepting of, for example, gay gay marriage. Um, but there's, there's still a lot. There's still a lot of people who are not, you know, um, into this trend but i do i'm just saying that i do see a shift which is really great like i see a lot of girls like what i meant was i'm walking down like you know uh, the sogo street and i see a lot of girls who are tan like they want like they have this fake tan going on like that i would have never seen that before you know
0: yeah that's true i mean i have my own opinion about fake tans but now i definitely understand what you're saying because <laughs> like like I, why, why why are you tan you know anyway i'm not gonna get into it
1: <laughs> yeah that's true that's true
0: but mine's all real, so not fake. Yes, the funny thing <laughs> is, and I I don't want to sound like I'm weird, but I was looking for a photo to use for advertisement, so I clicked on your Facebook naturally because that's where you go to find photos. But yeah, you were I actually saw photos of you like tan, like you were actually close, very close to my complexion. Really? Um, again, yeah. And it was actually, yeah, it was you. I, 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 hope I, at, I hope I was looking at the right person. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, oh, wait, she actually was, you know, you're out there. I'm beginning to, and I've been to California. I have my own opinions about California. I'll get into that later. My best friend's lives there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was like, oh, she was out there in the sun. You know, she was, she was a little brown skin. I'm not going to lie. I definitely would have talked to you back then because, um, <laughs> but we're going to get into that either. But yeah, like that was actually interesting. Second thing, dating in Taiwan. Have you tried it since you've been out here?
1: Um, I have been very, very adamant on not dating in time.
0: Wow. Why?
1: <laughs> uh, because I think that, well, first of all, I have a lot of guy friends. I just I, have I'm, guy friends. Yeah, I know uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> not like that. But no, no,
0: no, I mean my friends, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I have a lot of guy friends. I just get along better with guys. And, you know, having a lot of guy friends, you hear what they say about mm. girls. And, and for me, like, I would like to say I'm pretty much like, I don't want to take shit from guys. Like if I hear a guys talking shit to me, I'm not going to take that lightly, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't want to be talked about in that way. Um, so that's why I've kind of been almost afraid of it. Um, also, I don't know if you know, there is this Peter Pan syndrome. Have you heard of that?
0: Yeah. Uh, no. Can you go into detail for a little bit?
1: Yeah. So Peter Pan is guys who don't grow old. So they're like Peter Pan in Neverland. And uh-huh that's huge in in sf new york and um in taiwan it's very prevalent so there are people in their 50s, 60s and they're hanging out with us still and and it's fine it's the weirdest thing um because in san francisco i have a 50 year old hanging out with me i'm gonna be like what the fuck, right but here there are like 56 year old guys hanging out with like you know 20 30 year old girls and guys and it's normal so I think mm. it's actually pretty like a unique you know space, but um yeah I think for dating it's just hard here because it's, it's just this network of Asian spies like you can't <laughs> you know like it's so true like you can't date somebody without being like basically being with half your your friend circle, so I'd rather not.
0: <laughs> oh, so you no, you rather not date here because of other people? So like I I open to someone long distance. I say long distance. I mean like. In Kaohsiung or in Thailand? Kaohsiung and Thailand are in the southern part of the island. She's kind of mm-hmm. in the middle or the other. Or is it like you're just, or you specifically only Taipei?
1: I think this is specific to Taipei. But I will say, recently, I have shifted my opinion on this
0: somebody you I will
1: not going too much in detail but let's just say i've shifted my perspective however up until like this month I was like nope nope sort of sort of sort of
0: nope <laughs> okay allow me to allow me to explain that for you guys who are not from Taiwan and' haven't been in Taipei that means somebody shot they shot and she has accepted the initial offer but uh she's leaving the papers on the table to see how it plays out all right well thanks that's good to know
1: thanks
0: so what is the nightlife like in Taiwan and what and is it something that you enjoy being a part of or something you're like you know what uh i I will dabble in it sometimes I don't want to go fully into it
1: Nightlife. I am not dabbling. I definitely have gone full into it <laughs> head on. I think the nightlife is just too crazy. I think that um, I think that now I'm kind of pulling back because I don't think it's good for anybody, you know, in their mental health specifically, to be going out all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I think right now there's just a lot because a lot of people are coming back, and you know, a lot of people want to be shown around, right? Um, so I think that's, that's why there's just been an influx of this. But um, I'm hoping it calms down, actually. It probably won't. But at least I'll probably pull myself out of that scene for a little bit.
0: And then like, so, so like what are your mental health alternatives? Because I know I talk a little bit about that as well. I know for me as being a foreigner, not from Taiwan would have been living here for quite some time. I, I find little I find small pockets of home to do that, but you know you kind of have a mix of both. But like when you don't want to be around your family and you don't want to be involved in the business of Taipei, of Taipei social life, what do you do for your own mental health, your own mental wellness?
1: yeah so actually i'm pairing with a couple people here that want to work on mental health startups which is really exciting um i think it, it's really hard here because um not only is mental health not seen as a huge problem it's still very stigmatized not just in taiwan but in asia as a whole um mental health here is still really tied to like buddhist beliefs like for meditation things like that mm-hmm. if you try to explain mental health to like let's say my grandma There's just no explanation. They don't get what this is. For them, it's like, what's wrong with you? Like, just get over it, you know?
0: Yeah, go to Um, work.
1: (laughs) Yeah, go to work. Exactly. Because I think back then, you know, everybody just has to work, work, work. Nobody has time to think about how do I feel about this, you know? Um, But mental health to me is really near and dear, especially because in San Francisco, it's a really big topic as well. Um, So yeah, we're working with a couple of you know, uh, people here to kind of just you know raise awareness at least for mental health and just being able to open the forum to talk about mental health is really important here. Um, I think that it's really difficult because did you know going to a therapist appointment in Taiwan is two hundred US dollars?
0: Yeah, I know, I did it. Yeah, and, uh, it's I'm like oh, no, you I'm did cool. you mm-hmm.
1: really? Wow, that's so it's so much money. It's even more than in the US. So it's crazy. I think that um, with all the, you know, every other health benefit here in Taiwan is so cheap. Why are they treating mental health like something that's not part of the same as your physical health, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, no, in terms of what I do, I uh, do a lot of mindfulness and guided meditation. I'm just starting a meditation group right now with my friends. So that would be cool. Um, it's like a 21-day group guided meditation thing that I do every month with a group of my friends. Um, and yeah, that really helps.
0: So when you came here, uh, like, so like, what exactly do you, what exactly did you, or, or are you studying in your master's program?
1: We're studying business, so international business, um, and management. Uh, that's what we were studying here. And we're basically studying the different markets of, um, Barcelona, Taiwan and San Francisco just to make us better more like worldly leaders for management um as a whole later on so it kind of sucks because um we didn't really get the full experience of having all of our classmates go to san francisco and kind of experience the the environment there mm-hmm. but my time in barcelona was really it was really interesting um let's just say I, I don't think i would ever work there everything <laughs> it's just so slow they just have so many siestas Right. They just love. is this yeah. shit. Right.
0: I I that, love mean, then,
1: yeah, right. But for business, it's like, oh man, I have to wait for you to sign this after your siesta. <laughs> yeah, 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 you got to get that nap in.
0: For those of you guys that don't know what a siesta is, can you explain it to them, Christine?
1: So a siesta is essentially just a period of time in almost like the middle of the day, like right smack <laughs> smack in the middle. It's a short nap taken basically like in the early afternoon. So it's typically after your meal. So uh, it's basically a food coma.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's actually what it is. And then yeah. you no, know, it, it, it was weird when I cause we visited, we went to we do did a Euro trip. We went to Barcelona in Spain, and I was like, man, we know we, we would get drunk the night before and we'd be like, oh, we're gonna get up late. Then you get up late and it's siesta time and everything's closed. Yes. And you just you just hungry. You just yeah, in there you're hung- so
1: hungry. You're just yeah.
0: hungry and hung over. And I'm like, damn, this is this is terrible. And then we found this one guy making tacos on the street and it saved our life. Hey, shout out to you, Jose. I'm not being racist, his name was actually Jose. <laughs> And Jose <laughs> made some bomb-ass tacos. Thank you, Jose, for being there for exactly.
1: us. Exactly. But yeah, but, just, nothing's open, yeah.
0: But like with the coronavirus, do you think, how, how easy do you think it will be to apply what you've studied and what you've learned so far to what the world will look like in the future with the coronavirus?
1: Mm-hmm. It, it's a lot. Well, there's, there's good and bad because we got we had to adjust our curriculum in the middle to really um, accommodate for online teaching and and how to deal with like a remote global workforce. Mm. So what I've seen so far is it's, it can be, I think a few of my classmates have been able to apply what they've learned because they're able to kind of leverage the fact that they've been remote and working with a lot of people from different um, areas in the world and they can communicate effectively and, and just be, um, be an effective team leader, like remotely too. Because remote work is really difficult to handle. Um, like Being in person is a lot easier, you know, uh, especially building teams and building team morale and and um, making the teams bond. So I think that's something we have learned to leverage from our program, at least.
0: Okay. And I will be remiss if I didn't ask this because part of my research that I did back in college was actually I did a study on uh, what dating means in Asian cultures versus what dating means in American culture. up. Uh, Is there a difference between what you've seen so far between dating here in Taiwan versus dating back home in 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 the states? Hmm. I
1: don't know. know. Let me think. I'm like the worst person to ask for dating because I really just don't date. But I think in San Francisco, I think people use dating apps a lot more. So I don't. I don't know if that means they're more serious or or what. But here, I think people do use dating apps. But it's just like you can still meet people. So I I don't know. I feel like um, I meet more people that meet people organically here than I do in San Francisco. Um, But I will say this is an anecdote that I want to throw in that here there are these these girls that I don't know if you've been a victim, but they are these Asian local girls. This is I might be stereotyping, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's typically Asian local and they really just. Are there like vultures for ABC guys? It's crazy. It's like really crazy. I'm I'm sure maybe you as well have witnessed it, but they're like vultures. Like you can speak English, you're an ABC, or you're a foreigner. Bam. Okay, <laughs> that's all you need. Like you know, it's so crazy.
0: I know I'm not forced enough to be an AP, ABC in this scenario, but I, I am a foreigner. But no, I've 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 witnessed um. I've witnessed both women and men who are actually like, oh man, someone that speaks English and it's, you know, it's comfortable around foreigners. I want to date that person. But then, you know, when, but again, like what, what exactly does dating mean? Does that mean you are exclusive? Like in San Francisco, if you say, for example, you, 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 Christina, you meet someone on a a dating app and his name is, I don't know, his name is Patrick. And then you guys, (laughs) you guys are like hanging out for a little bit. Right. And then, uh, uh, but are you guys? From the moment you say that we're dating, are you then exclusive, or is it not until you say we're boyfriend and girlfriend that you're exclusive? Because right now you're probably in like a dating phase. But are you exclusively to someone, or are you still open to to, to making new connections? This
1: is so funny because I I, I guess I, my my bases are weird. I just say talking. Do you use talking?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh like, yeah. I'll, yeah, that's 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 very slang. It's like oh yeah, me and her talking. Yeah, that we're mean, talking. Like, yeah. But see, no, 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 that. no, 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 because talking in in black slang, it means like, hey, that's me, and that's me. in Black slang means we basically go together. Because, okay. but but no, it, no, I take that back. It depends on how you say it. It was like, oh yeah, <laughs> it depends on how you say it. If I say, oh yeah, me and her talking, that's like, okay, we're together. I say, oh yeah, me and her, me and her are just talking. Then it's like we're we are just on and off. We're not anything significant. So it depends on how yeah. you say it.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's still talking. So I was. I was talking not talking but i was chatting with a friend (laughs) 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 and um we were having this like dispute because we didn't he didn't get what talking was and i was trying to say talking is like you know you're getting to know somebody you're kind you're kind not dating but you're like talking to them and he was like using it in a way where it's just like chatting like you and i are chatting right now you know what i'm saying Uh, and it, it got really confusing basically but i think that I have the different phases of there's talking, so that's when you're just talking with somebody like what well, you. damn, this is getting hard. But anyway, yeah, see, it's just like see, that's my, my research yeah. paper
0: was about. But no, okay, <laughs> so think about it. if I'm like if if I if I meet you out, Christina, and I I've never met you before, and I'm like, oh my god, she's beautiful. Let me go over here and talk to her. And you're like, hey, like, I, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, nice to meet you. Uh, whatever, whatever. And then like 30 minutes later, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm dating this girl named name erica and then you're like oh Mm -hmm. you're like and if i said that sentence what would you think would you think i'm available to be pursued or to be uh potentially dating or are you like oh you're dating somebody i I don't want to talk to you i don't want to talk to you in that way we're just you'll only be friends
1: yeah me personally i'm the latter like the only be friends part right yeah i would just be like okay that's cool bye i mean but but
0: but if I said to him, like, oh, yeah, you know, I have this girl to me. Like, like, me, and I, we, we are just talking. It's nothing serious. We've we just been talking like, I like it, but I don't know where it's going to go. And then are you the same way or is it something that's different?
1: No, I'm still like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tough. I'm a tough cookie, I think. I just like, one, I'm just like, you know, if you want to have your attention on other people, then have your attention on other people. I don't care.
0: So if someone then approaches you, you want them to say full out like, "Hey, I was talking to somebody, but now I'm only trying to talk to you."
1: That's fine. Or or some like sometimes guys, there's there's like you know, lead, there's what's it called periods of time where you're not talking to anybody at all. Maybe not you, but
0: some that. guys,
1: but, me- but some guys, you know.
0: But also it's like for me, I know from my experience, I know there's plenty of girls, for example, you, you may be single now and like you're not talking, let's just say, for example, you're not talking to anybody, but you know, well, you may know that there are people, there are men that would pursue you if you gave them the the space to do that. Right. And you may entertain that because, you know, you're bored or you're a little bit drunk. You're like, oh, hey, I know he likes me. I'm going to text him all night, but he's not going to come over. He's not going to get to kiss me on the lips, nothing like that. But like, you know, is, is that the same is that the same thing as talking to? Because, you know, that's the person that you could potentially date if you wanted to. You're just not there yet with them. Is that the same thing as dating or like talking to them?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Well, I mean, if I'm not interested in pursuing anything, I guess it would just be called. uh same. Friends. <laughs> friends. Yeah, friends. Like, we're just we're friends. we just friends. Yeah, we're just friends. Yeah, exactly. You never want to be called just friends, by the way. For any guys listening, don't listen to the friend card.
0: No, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I want to be some people's just their friends. Like, I'm actually, I will, I will leave with. I'm like, hey, me and you will be great friends because I want to make it clear that I'm not interested in her. And if she's interested in me, I want to be like, nah, I just want to be your friend. Because I think oh, yeah. I think that's, that's also important to say as well. Like, if someone's absolutely not your type, but you enjoy conversing with them, then it's okay to say, Hey, I enjoy being your friend.
1: Oh, yeah, of course, that's fine. But I meant like if you're seeing a girl actively and she just keeps saying, like, Oh, we're just friends, we're just friends, then I'm saying she's playing you. You know, if there's no
0: oh, yeah. such thing. Oh, yeah, no, then yeah, she she no longer gets her dinners paid for. She got to pay for herself. So
1: exactly, it. exactly. <laughs> yeah, got to go Dutch or something.
0: Yeah, we're going Dutch. <laughs> Unless we're going double Dutching, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, but well, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> hmm?
1: Double, what's double dutching
0: you don't know what double dutch, girl no g- google it it's 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 uh it's it's jump rope with uh with, with two hands
1: i mean i know that but what is it in terms of what we're talking about
0: oh no it wasn't i was talking about like oh. i really i really <laughs> talking about double dutch, jump a rope literally just talking but, about that
1: but did you know that there are girls here that specifically um go on dating apps they like kind of vet out these guys that they think are Maybe well off because typically if you're ABC and you're in Taiwan, you're okay. Cause you're you're just, I don't know, that's just the mindset of locals here. Like you're well off. And they find they seek these type of guys and they ask them to take them to Michelin star restaurants. And the guys always do that. And I've had a lot of my guy friends fall victim to this. Like too many. And I'm kind of like, come on. Have you fallen victim to this?
0: Now nah, you know what? here's what, and I have this theory and it's messed up and it's gonna sound messed up but I don't do this often y'all, I've done this before though I'm not gonna lie. your very first date with anybody, no matter what you take them swimming swimming you take them swimming, you know why? you want to see what like what you want to see what it's like one what with, with their makeup off and two. <laughs> If they can me I, me, I couldn't swim for a while, so I want to make sure somebody could save me if I, if I got in the ocean something like that. But you always take them swimming. Swimming is a it's it's an it's an active sport. You want to see what they care most about. Like I don't want to get my hair wet. Also, you don't want to have fun. You, don't, you don't want to be active. And also, again, put your face in the water. I want to see like I want to see what you look like without your makeup. And if you're comfortable enough being like that. For me personally, I care more about who a person really is, not the front or the facade you put up when you get all dressed up to go out. I don't care about that because when I see you and you're out, you're dressed to impress, you're dressed with a purpose. I want to see you when there is no purpose for you getting dressed in the morning because that is the person I'm going to be with. I'm going to see day in and day out. And that's what I care more about. But that's just me. Some people are more pretentious like I want you to look good every time you go outside the house. Nah, like today is gray sweatpants day. And for me, it's a glorious day. And for my girl, I want it to be the same thing. So yeah. But no I I've, I've had I've dated I've been forced enough to date women who have uh, always had uh, similar level jobs or like lifestyles as me. So when we went out to places, it was never a thing where it's like, I'm taking you out. We were taking one another out. So, so I would pay for dinner and then I would also try to pay for the second activity, which is always something like drinking or going out and they were like, no, 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 I got this. And they would do it in the sense where it's like, they would do it without me even knowing I would go to the bathroom or somebody would just pay. And again, it's not, not that money was important, but it's just like showing that, Hey, I don't need you for anything. And like you know what, I appreciate that. Like, no, like I don't mind paying. I, w- I want to pay. I want to. I'm. I want to have that. But at the same time, you know, we are equals, and that's what a relationship should be anyway. At the end of the day. Hello. And I just realized that Christina didn't hear all what I said. <laughs> no, no, I heard every. I heard you everything. Heard I was okay, just not cool.
1: on. You know, on that. <laughs> I think my internet is just having a lot of issues today because we're talking about dating. They're like. Is like, your mom's listening. Stop talking about this. Hi, mom.
0: My
1: mom's on here. Hey, <laughs> this is a, she's like, wait, who are you dating? <laughs> but no, I totally hear what you said. And I think that it's very smart of you to do that. But I do also know you told me you haven't swam till recently. So I wonder when this happened.
0: True. Oh, no, I I'm saying like, I, I didn't swim, but you know, I was always in really good shape. So I'm like, oh, I just go take my shirt off and, and put it. I gotta go waist oh. deep. I go waist <laughs> deep. And I'm like, hey, hey, baby girl, can you uh, can you drag me out to the deep end? And then you know it kind of went from there. I definitely put on this voice when I said it too.
1: I know that I can see that, but uh, that's a, that's a good date idea. But I think that that's I don't see any girl, girls really go with you on dates like. That.
0: Oh, man, absolutely because again for me i want to have fun so like when i was out when i was in taipei and i was dating everything i did it was always like the first date i want a woman to feel comfortable so i would always invite other people around right so i wanted to have like my, my close friends around people that i knew and it would be a good time we'd go but like we'd go to dinner first just us two but afterward, we like we'd we, we'd meet up with my friend group and then she you know she can invite her friends to that second part so we had our own intimate setting We get to know each other, ask the right questions. And I want to see how you are around other people because we're not just going to spend every waking day, just us two. And I also want to make sure that, you know, we're together and I'm on one side of the room socializing. You can be on the other side of the room socializing. And the night we meet back up because we know that's where it's at. Like, hey, baby girl, you go home with me. And that's important. Like to me, that's the kind of relationship I want to have, that balance. Um, So that's how I used to date there. And sometimes swimming was just a part of it because I would – you know, I would,
1: <laughs> swim it was just a part of it. <laughs> it was a
0: part of it. it. was like we go get something to eat, we go swimming, and, you know, we take a shower, get dressed, and go back out.
1: Yeah, you know you're not supposed to swim right after you eat, though.
0: Before, after, <laughs> look. I don't know. I didn't swim. I told you. I don't know. I just did whatever I wanted to do.
1: That's a good idea. I'm totally like you. I bring out guys to my friend group because I feel like it's good to see how they interact, you know? But a lot of people don't do that. I don't they, know. Maybe people –
0: because they're insecure and afraid. It's like for me, if, if a girl brings me out with around her guy friends, like some some guys I've talked to like, nah, like all these dudes like her. And I'm like, yeah, you, they're her friends. Of course they like her as a person. If, if she wouldn't bring you out around guys she was trying to have sex with, because that's stupid.
1: You know what? I have a question. Do you think, in your opinion, race has to do with anything in terms of like confidence level? Like, would you say being a black guy, you're more confident than let's say like an Asian local guy? Psh-
0: what well, I will say is a white guy in Taiwan. <laughs> they're the most confident motherfuckers I ever seen in my life. God white damn! Guys, right? Yeah, white man, guys. Yes,
1: yeah. Because they of the person.
0: Again, it has shifted in the ten years I've been here. Mm-hmm. When I first came, even the times ago, I would date. They're like, yeah, like. See, like, we, when they say we, she meant Taiwanese girls. We love the white people. And I'm like, man, why? That's mm-hmm. that's so weird to me. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's just, it just different from where I came from because I didn't grow up around all white people. But, you know, it's just, yeah, it, they had, so they would have a certain level of confidence. They would have the confidence of saying, hey, if you don't want to be with me, I'm cool as a Thousand other girls I can give with mm-hmm, on the island. Mm-hmm. So, I'm cool. so y-
1: you know, you know, um oh, I don't even want to shout out the bar because I don't want to put them, you know, under the rug. But, you know, that bar that all the local white guys go to because all the girls are just there. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, I, I, you know I'll, I'll text you later. But <laughs> yeah. anyways, I think that's the weirdest thing. because Hey, I'm coming from San Francisco and I'm coming here as an Asian girl. And I I know what you mean. I, the white Asian relationship but i'm so different i i just don't have any affinity towards white guys like just none mm. i i just find that i don't know and if they try to hit on me i kind of find pleasure shooting them down um sorry that mm. sounds really really that sounds really yeah. rude really yeah, we, me, but, we, but it's because they don't get shot down mm. so here it is like some person actually shooting them down and they're just like what me <laughs>
0: And like, and I, oh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen that a few times with like, not just white guys, many different people here it's like I've been surprised, like, 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 like very attractive Asian men with a lot of money. Uh, like if you have a table at a place, like you think it, it, oh, I have a table and you're sitting at my table. So that means you have to treat me a certain way. And some women are like, no, nah, I can buy my own table. I'm just here exactly. with you because it makes you look good. You know, so it's, it's definitely um, like, it's definitely varying levels to it, which mm-hmm. is why, you know, when I first came here again, many years ago, I was in that table culture when we went out mm-hmm. to clubs and parties. I would always get the table, but then, um, and, but I would go out to other friends parties and they would have tables I would see how they would treat not just me, but the women. I'm just like, y'all like, mm-hmm. dog, I don't, I don't, I don't need your money. I got my own money, bro. Like I'm here to support you. You invited me. I didn't invite you. So yeah, it's definitely uh it's an interesting perspective, but like, how do you, how do you like to be dated or how would you like to be dated in Taiwan? Like, what is the expectations that you have for people who are pursuing you?
1: Um, you know, honestly, I I'm 30. I'm really old. for yeah, a girl. I, okay. Yeah, I've been it's like I've been and I've been around not like that. But I've <laughs> done the, the dating like in my 20s. I'm not new. Like, I'm like, have a lot of guy friends. I, I typically can look past the fuck boyery. You know, like, it's just mm. not it's so obvious to me. It's obvious to me in ways that to girls just it's not like, sometimes I'll go have girls complain to me. Like, Oh, why isn't he? this that this and I'm literally just like dude move on (laughs) like obviously he's talking to other people right like obviously it's obviously that um that's just who I am though and it kind of goes back to the table thing you were talking about like I really like I mean I have a lot of guy friends like I said and I I try I go to tables if you invite me but I always try to have this like um this understanding like hey i'm not here because i need to be here like honestly i can buy my own table too but i'm a girl and you invited me you know but then there are the other girls who are like well we like to call them table rats you've heard that term right Mm -hmm. table rats who are just girls that are just swarming like like you just see them around every table and it's like they're just so obvious and i just find that to be so sad i don't know i that's just my opinion and I think that kind of relates to my opinion of dating as a whole too. So I don't know. I'm a weird person to ask dating questions for.
0: I mean, actually, you're the perfect person because like, you know, you keeps it mad real uh, and you have a very straightforward approach to it, which again, this is very, it's appreciated in today, Again, like you said, once you hit 30, it's like, you know what? I've done on my dating in my twenties. If I'm single mm-hmm. and I'm 30, it's like, I, ain't, I, I'm not trying to play games. If I want to play games, I'm willingly doing it. But also yeah. no, I, I can also, <laughs> I can also cut these games off really quickly and not care
1: right about it and you know i just don't feel pressure like most people because you know i think it's because i don't really i don't know i don't know if i ever want kids i don't really think i want kids but i'm in taiwan and i actually thinking about getting my eggs frozen another topic in itself but um if i don't want kids then obviously i'm not feeling the pressure to like find somebody to settle with you know so i think that has to do with my dating my dating philosophy too
0: completely unrelated but related to what you just said you got them dimples though and again yeah i'm not i'm not hitting on christina on the podcast she actually has nice dimples check the photos jesus y'all calm down but yeah you definitely should pass them damn dimples down because them shits is popping i'm not gonna lie yeah i was definitely, thinking if about you, that i
1: was like Maybe if I you can yeah. Some eggs. Yeah. because
0: yeah I'm, i mean again I, I i ain't trying to be having no eggs in the freezer but I mean, if, <laughs> if, if if you can if you can definitely uh uh yeah pass some dimples down like you've got to even cut them off and give them to somebody you got to do what you got to do but yeah with everything you've done and like the you know the things you've done here like what impact are you hoping to have it may not be a big impact maybe something small or maybe huge like what impact are you looking to have here while you're on the island in taiwan
1: yeah this is a great question i think it's twofold so there's the professional impact, which I'm hoping um, to make with my business partner, Gary, we're doing a career consulting and J1 visa services, um, consulting company. So we're trying to help Taiwanese individuals who are interested <clears throat> in revamping their resume, their LinkedIn to hopefully obtain more opportunities in big multinational companies. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my background, which is in recruiting. And then, obviously, maybe not now, but there's a huge market for uh, Taiwanese individuals uh, who want to go abroad to study and work in, uh, in America. Maybe not now, like I said, but there are actually surprisingly still are people who want to work in America, even knowing that the pandemic is so bad there, That's which crazy. really speaks to yeah. But it really speaks to how strong you know American workforce is, and just that desire, that American dream vision, you know, that everybody um, strives to aim for. I being American, I don't realize that's such a big thing until this year. Um, Until I realized like a lot of people in my program, that's their number one goal is to work and live in America. So I think we definitely take it for granted that we have an American passport. That's something I learned. Um, And then in terms of the impact, personally, I feel like I might have already done this, but I don't want to toot my own horn. It's just that I want people to see someone genuine and real. And I think Not just in Taipei, but in general, I think in Asian culture too, there's this air of fakeness a lot. A lot of people care about outward appearances and just not being themselves. But I'm here, and I really think I try to be myself for the most part. I'm really loud and proud. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like an Asian girl that's loud, (laughs) and um, everybody like you can get annoyed at it. That's fine. Mute me. Don't hang out with me. I don't give a fuck. But um, that's who I am, <laughs> and I think that um, a lot of people at first might be like intimidated by it. But as they get to know me, they also realize that I just tell it how it is, and I'm really real, and um, I'm not here to lie or be shady or be fake or whatever. And I think that I that's what I kind of want, like locals at least, like my local friends to see. Like you can you can be um, you can be yourself, basically, you know. And I think mm. a lot of my local friends have said this to me. They're like, hey, like, I really never have met somebody like like an Asian person like you who is just like kind of like really out there and like themselves. And I hope that they can emulate it because, oh, my gosh, there's an earthquake. Do you feel it?
0: Um, no, we're in Tijana, so I ain't get it down here. Oh,
1: oh. Oof, you okay? Hold on.
0: I would say I'm coming to save you, but it's going to take about 45 minutes for me to get there. Well, so. I try to... Oh, I felt it. Oh, shit. That, yeah, that you feel it? Like you, yeah, oh, you got
1: the... Oh, my gosh.
0: Oh, wait. I gotta go check on, you I'm gotta okay check. i not, not going to leave. I'm definitely going to check on my dog. Oh, it's still going. Oh, We felt it in Tama. That was a huge aftershock. Are you aftershark. feeling it
1: now? It's still aftershocking right now. That was pretty scary.
0: Come on, there Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, thing continue speaking Chinese. She just asked her grandma if she was okay. That's so cute. Woo.
1: I mean, earthquakes are scary because you know, in in America, we don't we, we don't feel them that much.
0: Yeah, so, here. but you're
1: used to it, so it's okay. How was it there? Was
0: it- uh, I felt the it was it was like a real big bump at the beginning, and then it kind of you know turned into a, like a mild shake. Usually, I'm asleep when they happen.
1: Yeah, that was crazy because there was one earlier, um, but then it was like a 5.2 one earlier.
0: Oh, didn't know that.
1: Anyways, well, that was, that was, uh, we're just running into a bunch of things. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyways, a little, that, that was a little shaken up, but we're good. We good. We're good.
0: <laughs> you were about to say, I forgot what you were about. I forgot. I was about, I was about to <laughs> I <know. actually laughs> a good ass question too. It kind of threw me uh, Oh,
1: I was talking about personally and I was talking about um, people like, you know, just being yourself and being genuine and people not seeing that a lot. And then now being able to see that and and hopefully emulating it and having more confidence in doing so.
0: Yeah. So, like, do you think that, like, people that approach you and like, oh, I'm uh," like, I don't know if it's women or men. It may be many different people. But do you think it's because you are an an, an Asian woman that people are like, oh, like, I'm really, you know, it's really it's really great to see that you are your full self and you're very open and outgoing? Because I know just from my experience, and it may be wrong, but like most of the Asian women feel are, are more are less likely to be as outgoing and out there compared to, you know, the Asian men, the local Asian men that I've met here. Like, is that something you've experienced as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it has to do completely with the fact that I'm a female. If I was a man, I don't think this would be something that I would be, you know, proud of or like want to um, leave my mark with. It's, it's definitely because I'm a female, for sure. Um, we're taught to be very submissive and quiet and just like you know shake her head yes and shake her head no and that's like opposite of me 100% <laughs> opposite of me so oh yeah um, yeah for sure but that has to do with a lot of the identity stuff that I had to deal with here as well though so it really plays into that what do you mean you know just having for example I work um I work with my business partner it's a it's a Taiwanese you know environment obviously but I think that there's still where so if I'm talking to like men in the workforce, not specifically uh, with my company, just in general, they tend to say things that I feel like are inappropriate for me as a female. But I think that in Asia, it's, it's normal. Like it's like you're supposed to just kind of let it go. But for me, it's like, you know, I'll let certain things go. But if you're going to if it's going to go to a point where you're really ris- disrespecting me, I'm not going to let it go. You know? Mm. Yeah.
0: No, I definitely, I definitely hear that. Can not we really disrespect you up in this up in this piece but not about that life. but yeah, I mean, it is, it is very interesting because I know, um I know for like 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 do you have any friends that maybe are not Asian that have' also tried that are similar to you and maybe have a hard time dating a hard time fitting into different social groups, or is it something where it's like, you know what, the group that you're a part of they are very welcoming to, no matter not to whatever kind of person you are um and whoever you choose to be in that time?
1: um somebody who's not asian and doesn't accept me is that what you said
0: no no like someone who's who's not asian but has a similar personality as you do
1: i don't know anybody with my same personality so no (laughs) (laughs) i actually really don't i mean i know some but i'm i'm not really friends with them because you can't have two of us in a room you can only handle like me or them
0: that that definitely is true i can i can speak from experience it. no you know what no nah, no nah. because I, I have like my like my friend patrick you've seen him a very calm version of him but he's very similar to you like he's outgoing out there very blunt very outgoing so i mean it's very it, it's a pleasure to have more than one of you in the room just on different sides of the room
1: but th- that's also probably why him you and i have never hung out
0: <laughs> yeah oh man i would i would hate both of y'all at the end of that day but um <laughs> So, yeah, so this is the point of the podcast. Do you have any questions for me or anything that you would like to go into more details about? and that you want to elaborate on that you talked about earlier that we're going get a chance to? Uh, anything like that?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about dating this podcast. And I guess I, I, I also did want to see, like, how has dating shifted in the years for you? Like, did you feel like it was harder nine years ago and now easier just because of going... We kind of like talked about it too earlier, just maybe the more acceptance of different cultures and stuff. Or how have you seen that shifting?
0: Uh, for me, I think I'm very similar to you in which I didn't, I never use dating apps or uh, purposely go out to like speed dating or blind dates and stuff like that to kind of find someone. I've, everyone I've dated here I've kind of found organically through just being out and having friends and talking to people and so on and so forth. So um, I haven't seen a big shift in that regard. I think having a bar definitely helped me with dating because, you know, oh, I own a bar. It's kind of cool. It's a cool yeah. thing to say. Um, but no, uh, it, I, from other, other people's experiences, it has shifted from the standpoint of uh, as a black person uh the longer i've been here the more people have been more accepting of dating black people when i first came it was always a conversation with parents and people like oh I know my parents are gonna say if i'm dating a black guy blah 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 i'm like why they're like oh because you're black i'm like that's the only reason i'm like yeah i'm like that's fucked up um so yeah it so much yeah and it's that that was the thing but now i feel like more people are open to it Um, But also I know me being a black American is very different than being a non-black, a a black Mm non-American. So um, while it was there, they were like, oh, well, wait, he's from America. Oh, that's cool. Because I think Americans have money. So, uh, yeah, that it's changed in that regard. But overall, for me, the way I meet people, like if I'm out and having a good time, I'm probably around people that are are similar to me being open minded and willing to kick it and want to have a good time and open to anything. So no but yeah i do understand the other side of that where when i don't yeah. hang out with people that i know yeah. it's it's hard and it's been it's hard it's still hard for me today like it's not i can just go out and just see somebody i like and easily walk up to them and talk to them because no the first the reaction is still oh i'm scared of you why are you running why are you walking up to me i'm like girl girl i don't, I don't yeah. want your purse i just want to ask you what your name <laughs> is like, I, yeah. I think
1: that's so weird because my my family has been always so open i showed you that video of my ex-boyfriend here with my grandma um and they've just been always so open to any culture i think it's so strange that people's families i mean i don't think it's strange i understand it but i just can't even imagine somebody being like i I can't date you because you're black you know how does that make you like how does that make you feel
0: oh man uh most most old people are racist no i'm not gonna say that but
1: um, no i think so so. yeah but uh, like
0: uh, like i said in previous podcast, i said before like it wasn't until very recent, like even within the last 20 years that we were able to travel outside to different places. So, you know, for most, the older Asian generation, what they know and what they experienced was mostly what they saw in the news and in the media and things like that. So it wasn't like they had their own experience, their own experience of traveling and being around the world to kind of speak from. So I understand, you know, looking at the American media and like uh, Hollywood and all that where these perceptions and ideas come from I understand I don't I don't think it's right but I understand it so I mean I don't I used to get offended by it, but now I'm just like you know what ignorance is bliss whatever whatever I'm not gonna let it impact my happiness you you're missing out on a great relationship because of your close-mindedness and meeting a great person because of that so again I used to feel some kind of way but now I'm just like you know what life is too short to be angry all the time
1: someone that shoots happiness but just last question, you had people though that ignored, like blatantly ignored their parents or their grandparents and just dated you anyways.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Pretty much everybody, except minus two, pretty much everybody I dated, except those two.
1: Oh, well fuck them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were like, I don't know, I'm gonna take you home. I'm like, oh, you don't you don't you don't necessarily you don't really have to take me home. You can literally do anything else. Yeah. Uh you know, except that.
1: Well yeah. Well that was probably my only question I wanted to ask you.
0: Well, thank you so much. I definitely appreciate you being a part. of... I guess we had a really good conversation. And again, we didn't talk about most of that. And it was just some of the things that just, just put it down to anywhere. It's really weird that you're saying there. Uh, I uh, really appreciate you being a part of the podcast. Uh, we didn't talk about it. We talked about a lot of different things as well. Definitely identity in Taiwan, which is something I'm glad we we're kind of able to touch on because you know, again, being a black person out here, it's definitely things that I can I can touch on, things that I can say. But it's definitely hearing, uh, interesting hearing a varying perspective of a fellow American who also made the journey out here and it's been out here in Taiwan as long as I've been out here as well so um, it's yeah, good thank definitely. you for sharing and I'm you. so
1: excited finally we podcasted
0: yeah and the thing is I have so many more questions I want to ask you but I'm going to say before, do it again. I'm going to say before another <laughs> episode when we're actually with one another and we've been able to drink at least well, uh, three glasses three glasses yeah. of fantasy together
1: to <laughs> I might be
0: moving to Taipei but that's a good thing but thank you so much Christina uh, awesome. it was definitely a pleasure having you on thank you for joining us
1: no worries
0: well thank
1: you so much for having me have
0: a great night anytime you're always welcome thank you have a good night bye And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. It was great to have another special guest on. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to my YouTube, read my Medium posts. And if you haven't and you listen to this podcast, wherever you may be listening to it, subscribe to the podcast and become a patron of the Black Expat Podcast. Trying to do good things. I've made some amazing connections for myself and for others through podcasting. I'm always excited to make it to have an impact and to make an impact in many different ways in podcasting has definitely opened up doors for me to be able to do that. Thank you guys for tuning in. As you guys already know, I'm Carl, the black expat. We out here.